Now look, today's title of the message is Fully Alive, Fully Alive. The older I get, the more I realize people simply drift through the mundane routine of life, that they're empty on the inside, and really, I find people looking for meaning and purpose in this life. They, they, they just drift. They wake up each day trying to fill this void that's on the inside of them. They're going from this thing to that thing. And most of the time what I've seen is people don't even know what they're looking for. They just feel empty. They feel hollow on the inside. And I want you to know if you feel that way this morning, you're in the right place. You're in a good place because I believe God's going to speak to you through this message. And you know, some people say, well, why do I feel that way, Pastor? Why is it that that void is on the inside The Bible's very clear that the reason you feel that void is because there's a God-shaped hole on the inside of us that nothing will ever feel except God. Look at what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 311. It says, he has also set eternity into the heart of man. So inside the human heart, God sets this place for eternity and the only one that can fill it is the one who is eternal himself God that there is this void in our hearts and I know that people that are not religious and are not Christian they tend to try to brush this off they say hey listen pastor I'm not spiritual you you know I know you guys are spiritual I I talk to atheists and 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 maybe even agnostics and they say listen it's okay no I don't I don't believe in all of that but the truth is believe in it or not everyone is on a spiritual journey And that's because you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So we are triune in being, just like God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are triune in our makeup, which means we are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you live in a body. The body's the five senses, taste, seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, And so we are housed in this body. The problem, if you deny the spiritual side of yourself, you only live out two facets of your life, out of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion, and then your body, your senses. So you're running to these things. Why? Because your spirit is dead. That on the inside, you're pursuing your spirit to come alive in God, and it'll never happen apart from God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, as for you, you were, everybody say it, say it again, you're dead. Dead to what? Dead in your transgressions, dead in your sins, that on the inside of us, we are all dead in sin. David said, in iniquity, I was born. So from the very conception of my life, the seed of sin is on the inside of us, and we've got to know we can be physically alive, yet spiritually dead. So I'm physically breathing, I've I've got air in my lungs, I'm living through this world with physical activity, yet I am dead spiritually because of the sin in my life. Now, someone says, Pastor, what's sin? It was a day where you could say most people understand what sin is, but they don't. People don't go to church anymore, they're not raised in church, and so sin is this, if you want to break it down to its simplest form, it's simply missing the mark. That God's standard is perfection and holiness. He is a perfect God. He is a holy God. And so sin is anytime we don't meet his standard of perfection. And the truth is, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, we have all sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of God. Every one of us misses the mark. Every one of us misses God's standard. And so when we do that, what it means is that we're walking around in this world dead like dead men. That, that in our sin, when our spirit is dead, before we became a believer or experienced salvation or were born again, that we are physically breathing, we're walking around, we're experiencing moments in life, but the truth is we're spiritually dead. And so when we talk about capturing the moment, seizing the day, living moment ready, there's no way we could talk about this without talking about salvation. Salvation is the only way that we can live fully alive fully alive, that my, that, that, that my life would be awakened to the things of God. And when it's not, the problem is we go and pursue other things. We pursue things like success. We hope that that fills this void. We go out and pursue material things, buy the bigger house, the nicer car, the diamonds, because they're the girl's best friends. And, you know, you've got all these great things that we go and pursue. And maybe it's leisure, activity. You can even fill, try to fill the void with religion. Do a whole bunch of good things. Maybe you go to church. Maybe you go to a mosque. Maybe you go and meditate. The truth is you're trying to fill this void, but none of it works apart from God. And it cannot just be a head knowledge. You've got to have a heart knowledge. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. So in other words, listen, I had all the religious things to do. I understood all the laws and all the rules and I had a head knowledge about it. But then look, he says, but, but, but I don't have that anymore. I think of him differently now. And this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Everybody say new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. So I don't think about it in a religious way. I don't think about him in the old way. But now I've received Christ in a new way, and I am a new person. And that's what salvation is. It's when we are made new. Made new. Jesus didn't come to make me better. He came to make me new. You're not looking for a better version of you. No, you're dead. Dead things are not good. And so sometimes we think, well, Jesus, I just want you to make me better. No, it ain't about making you better. That's works-based. It's about making me new. That's grace-based. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, look, Jesus loves you right where you're at, right in your mess, right in all the things that you're, when you were dead on the inside, he loves you, but he's not going to leave you there. He wants you to have a new life. He wants you to experience the awakening of our spirit when we experience salvation. And it's not about religion. It's not about works. If it was, we wouldn't need the cross. You could just go be good enough to obtain your own salvation. That's the fallacy of religion, that if I'm good enough, if I do enough good things, maybe it'll stack up enough that he'll let me through the pearly gates into heaven. No, that's a lie. It's a deception. You'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. We are saved by grace through faith, not of our works, lest any man should boast that it's all about the cross of Christ, the penalty that he paid for our sin and death. Well, look at Nicodemus. John chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was religious. 
His life was full of good works. So he's stacking the dominoes to get into heaven. He's obeyed all 613 rules which the Pharisees had to obtain a good life, to live a holy life. But the problem is Nicodemus was bound up in religion. And so he approaches Jesus in the cover of night and he's talking to Jesus and he says, look, Rabbi, we know you're from God, so there's an awareness of who Jesus really is. And so Nicodemus is wanting Jesus to really speak life into him. And he says, look, we know you're from God. You have to be. And look at what Jesus said. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Born again. Now, we use salvation interchangeably, born again and salvation. Salvation, we're saved from the penalty of death and sin. So here he says, born again. He says, and then Nicodemus is going to ask him, now, Jesus, look, how, how? so he's confused, he's perplexed. He comes to Jesus, says, we know you're from God. And now Jesus says, listen, you're not even going to be able to see what I'm talking about unless you're born again. And he says, how can a man be born when he's old? So, so I've been born once. How can I be born again? He says, surely he cannot enter into second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answers, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. So in other words, listen, I'm talking about things your natural self will never understand. You've got to first have an encounter with me. This encounter begins this new life. And as you embrace the new life, I'm going to reveal things that only the Spirit would reveal to you. It's not about an improvement of the old life. It's about this creation and acceptance of a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that if anyone belongs to Christ, he has become a new person. Everybody say new person. The old is gone, a new life has begun. So my greatest desire for each and every one of you is that you will experience this new life, that you would experience salvation. We've had over 1,400 people in the last five years come to know Jesus Christ to experience salvation and this new life for the first time. Come on, isn't that awesome? And you may be here today and you're like, man, I, I don't know that I've ever experienced this. At the end of service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to experience this for yourself. You'll have it. We do it every week. Why? Because I believe every week Jesus comes and makes people brand new. So it's awesome. You'll have that opportunity. It's what it takes for us to really live moment ready. It's what it takes for us to see life differently than we would if we were spiritually dead. But I believe there are some of you here this morning, you've had that encounter with Jesus. You've been born again and you've experienced new life, but you feel like I don't always feel like I'm alive on the inside. Anybody ever feel like that? You're like, I, I feel like that there's something holding me back. Maybe, maybe you still feel guilty. Anybody ever feel guilty? Anybody ever felt not good enough? I mean, who struggles with that? That's always been one of my struggles and triggers is that I don't feel good enough. And so it can be this filter that plagues the experience that I've had. Maybe you feel unworthy. Anybody ever felt unworthy? We all have to fight through this at some level in our Christian faith. And the reason is, is because religion has programmed us in such a way that you have to do enough good things to earn the love of God. 
That though we're saved, though we've had a salvation experience, we are plagued with this thought that I've got to do this and I've got to do that right. And if I don't, maybe he's not going to love me today. So what we're programmed to do is when we mess up, we run from God, not to God. And it's a trap of the enemy. It's a way for him to cause us. He can't take our salvation, but he can cause us to live in defeat while we're on this earth. And so we have to have an awareness of his tactics that, God, you have made me new. And what the enemy is saying is simply not true, that I have been saved by your grace. It's not based on works. And that's what you have to know. Look, salvation happens in a moment. It's an instant. It's amazing. But how many know sanctification is a process? So sanctification is a big word. What it means is to be made holy, to be set apart. So salvation happens instantly, but the moment you're saved, how I many know you still got to go out and face the world? You still got to overcome those habits. You still got to stop talking like you used to talk and doing what you used to do. There's a process of getting rid of the pride, getting rid of the addictions, getting rid of all the things that you brought in. Though you've been set free, now you got to go live it out. And so that takes a lifetime. And I want you to know maybe you're fighting negative thoughts. Maybe you feel like it'll never happen. I've got bad habits, and your bad habits want to drive you away from church. You need to know this. Everyone faces those things. But it doesn't negate the salvation that's take place, taking place in our life. Feelings are legitimate. It's okay to have feelings, but they're not the truth. They're not the truth. We don't live our life based on feelings. I have to believe by faith that I have been made new and I refuse to feel guilty. See, God convicts us, but he's not going to condemn us. Oh, people may condemn us. Come on, somebody. They'll go, oh, which I thought you was. (laughs) No, no, the Holy Spirit convicts us. I found this. You'll never do a good job of trying to change your spouse or your kids and anybody else. What you got to do is change yourself and then ask God to bring conviction on others. Look at what Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. So it's, it's a gift that's available to everyone. I want to talk about this. If we're made new and alive in Christ, I'm fully alive, there are some things that we experience and should experience in our life that I believe when you grab a hold of this will help you live moment ready in your life. The first one is this. You've got to know that you are forgiven from your past. Forgiven from your past. We all have a past. We all have things that we've done that we're not proud of. How many have got some things that you wish you could go back and change? You're like, oh, Lord, please don't let my kids find out that I used to act like that. I wish I could go back and make some different choices, different decisions. And, and then all of a sudden you're born again and God touches you and he saves you and he experienced that born again salvation that I was talking about. And yet you still have this past. You're fully alive, but yet you're plagued with the things that you used to do. What you got to know is this, Ephesians 1.7 says that in Christ we have redemption through his blood. So he paid the price. And it says, the forgiveness of sin, the forgiveness of sin, that God forgives your sins, that each and every one of you, whatever you've done, pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't need to know what you've done. Every sin you have ever committed in the past is washed in the blood of Jesus. 
That means that it's been covered. The price has been paid. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And what Jesus did in his sacrifice supernaturally, we may never fully understand it until we step through to eternity, was his blood cleansed the sin. It's gone as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Your past is your past. It's been forgiven. And it's only through the work of the cross that no matter what you have done, he has already forgiven your sin. It's as if your sin never happened. Now look, the year was 1999. I was 21 years old. I was a bit arrogant, a little cocky, a lot prideful, and just very immature. Anybody relate to me? You're like, no, pastor, that's all you. Okay, I was a punk. I was a punk. It's 1999. My dad gets a brand new BMW Z3. Back then, was that was lit. That was, it's convertible, leather seats, boom, boom. Out with some young adults and some friends, and we're driving, and, and man, you just feel like a million dollars. And, you know, I'm cocky. Woo, woo, bah. Phyllis and I, we, we, we were engaged, and so life is good, hanging out with some people. We go out to the movie theater. How many, how many know that, that bad things can happen in movie theaters? If you don't know that, I'm about to tell you. We're at the movie theater, and it's packed, and there's people parking all the way in the back. But listen, I don't want to park in the back. No, 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 no. I'm going to park in the fire zone. Why? Because I'm cool like that. A couple other people had parked there. All my other friends were reasonable. They're much more mature than me. They, they park in the right places, but not me with my convertible top down in the Z3, music blaring. I park in the fire zone. Boom. Make sure everybody's looking. What's up? <laughs> Get out with the swag. Put the top up. Just walking. I walk in towards the movie theater, minding my own business. Come on, somebody. Minding my own business. And a police officer walks over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Jason, if you're in here. We love the police. That was a long time ago. So he said something, and I said something. I'm not going to tell you what I said. You don't even want to know. He said something, and I said something back. He said something again, and my friends were watching, so I said something back. What's up? My friends are watching. He puts me in cuffs. Boom! <laughs> I went to jail. Your pastor's a criminal. For real. You're like, that's my pastor. Some of you are like, I ain't never coming back. <laughs> He's a criminal. Watch, it'll be posted somewhere. That's all right. So I got arrested that night going to watch a movie for disorderly conduct. Can you believe that? Like me. Just silly. So long story short, we go before the judge, and the judge had mercy on me. Come on, he dismissed the case, and he expunged the arrest from my record. It was a miracle. Thank God. I, you wouldn't even know about it except for I'm telling you because I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> Expunged. It's as if it had never happened. I did something dumb. I made a mistake. I broke the law. And he expunged it because of his mercy. Now, what would happen if I went into the job interview and I'm about to go for an interview? Hey, you ever had a criminal record? You done anything? What if I, I said... Yes and no. And, and so they're telling me, and, and it's like, yes, I was arrested, but it was expunged. They just wiped it out. But I just thought you ought to know. How many are going to do that on your job interview? How many say, oh, no, man, no, absolutely not. I have never been arrested. 
you're looking at an angel. You don't see the, the halo. You don't see the wings. I mean, come on. I mean, right? You wouldn't bring it up because if you bring it up, what happens? You're probably not getting the J-O-B. No, no. It's been expunged. It's gone. It's as if it never happened. And yet some of you have had a salvation experience. You've been born again. Jesus has paid the price for your sin. The penalty is gone. You are now alive in him, fully restored to be all that he's created you to be, and yet you continue to go back to the prison of the past. I did this. I'm never good enough. I'll never amount to anything. And you go back to the past. Come on. What you have to do is you have to learn to forgive yourself. That's the only way you're going to live moment ready. It's the only way you can walk in the fullness of God is to say the past is the past. I have been and will be forgiven. It's gone. Look at Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Don't go telling everybody all the bad stuff you've done, feeling like you're trapped. Just let those past memories and experiences. And this is what I've learned. When I've forgiven myself, many times I forget about the bad things of the past. It's amazing how the Spirit of God just wipes that away. Now, sometimes there's consequences. You may have to live it out. And then the thing I do now is I share in my victory. If there's an appropriate moment to help people walk through the pain that I've walked through, but we should not condemn ourselves. We've got to allow ourselves to experience the forgiveness God has already given to you. Secondly, to live moment ready and to live fully alive in Christ, you got to know that I'm healed from my hurts. I'm healed from the hurts. Look, hurts are going to happen in life. Bad things are going to happen to you, and usually it's because of what someone else did to you or maybe what they didn't do, and it causes great pain in your life. You've got to know this. He has come to heal the hurts in your life. You should not walk around wounded your entire life. Something in the past needs to stay in the past. Look, if there's a scar, it shouldn't hurt if I touch it. That scar should heal. That scab eventually goes away. And then I can show you, look, there was pain in the past, but I'm touching it and it doesn't hurt. Some of you have walked through this life. You ask God, can I live moment ready? He says, yes, but you've got to be healed from the hurt in your life. Isaiah 61.1 says, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. You've been captive to the pain of the past. God wants you to experience freedom. He doesn't want you to live as a prisoner. He wants you to walk through the process of healing in your life. And that's one of the things I love about our freedom groups. We got all these freedom small groups that help you close the door on the past. We have almost 100 people in freedom groups right now. If you've never been to one, I want to encourage you to get involved in a freedom small group. That each and every one of us have pain from the past. And it's not until we go in and say, God, reveal to me the reason why I act the way I do. Some of you act the way you do and you have no idea. But if you were to dig it down to its deepest root, it would be because of what someone's done to you, what you've experienced. Pain that's unresolved in the past begins to shape your future. It's self-sabotage. And you've got to say, no, I'm going to dig deep. It takes work. But if you'll dig deep, you can experience healing from your hurt. And God set up life in such a way that we could really only experience this deep healing context of relationship. Look at James 5.16. 
It says, make this your common practice. What? What he's about to tell us. Do this often. Do it, do it regularly. What? Confess your sins to each other. Whoa, 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 pastor. I thought I was confessing my sin to God. Well, you do for forgiveness. But isn't it interesting? If you want to experience healing, he said you've got to have people in your life. Look, you can have forgiveness from God all day long. But here he says, look, you've got to confess your sin to other people. Come on. That means I've got to be vulnerable. Yeah. That means I've got to be transparent. Yeah. I've learned this. You're only as sick as your secrets. Look, you don't know everything about me, but there better be somebody that knows everything about me. No secrets because where you have darkness, where you have secrets, that's the devil's playground. And so you've got to allow yourself to say, yep, this is me, all of me. Good, bad, and ugly. I'm going to take off this mask, and I'm going to be real. Yeah, but they might get offended. Oh, well, let them leave. They might, you know, wh what's going to happen? Maybe they'll judge me. Yep, let them, whatever. I'm going to be free. Yo, 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 don't judge me. Let me be free, baby. And it only happens in the context of relationship. We, we've launched 75 different small groups. And they're around all kinds of different interests and, and things that are happening. And someone said, well, but that didn't sound so spiritual. Maybe they're out there working out. Like um, the, we've got Joel and Chris and, and JB and Josh and all these guys. They, they all go work out together. Phyllis and them have a workout small group. Someone says, yeah, but that doesn't sound so spiritual. Well, the goal is to be known by others, to have a safety in this relationship. And then what will happen is that as we're living life together, we begin to expose things. And how many you know, you tend to talk more when you're not sitting around just in a little circle singing kumbaya. But you're like, hey, you know, I was working out. Something's been bothering me. You mind if I talk to you a little bit about it? Absolutely. That's what we're here for. And it's the only way that we'll experience healing from the hurt is when we allow people into our life. When we take off the mask and we say, hey, look, this is the real me. And I love the fact that we're at a church where people get this. We understand that everybody has hurts, habits, and hangups. We're all in a hospital. Some people are just a little bit ahead of you. But everybody's in the same hospital. And I wanted to just show you a story of one of the young ladies where relationships changed her life. Check it out. The main thing that I felt was fear. I was very afraid that, that I would one day leave the level at which God could love me or that God could redeem me. I grew up in church and I grew up in religion and I think that one of the biggest things about me is that I'm a perfectionist and so growing up in a church where it was very religious and it was all about making sure that you follow the rules and, and being good was praised, me being the perfectionist that I was and performing the way I did, I always felt like I was good because I got the praise that I thought I needed in order to be a good Christian. I thought that for people to love me and for people to accept me, I needed to be this perfect person um, in order to in order to be edified, in order also in order just to be pleasing to God and, and pleasing to everybody around me. It wasn't that I wanted to be good, it was the fear of what people would think if I did mess up. We started going to the church. I just thought it was gonna be just another, like one of the same things. Like I need to get involved, people need to know who I am, people need to be able to accept me and they need to know that I am good. You know, I am, I will do the right things, I can say the right things. 
When I was 19, I started dating a guy that I had met at church and I ended up getting pregnant. I was at the church and I was serving, you know, weekly and, you know, all the time and all of a sudden I, I felt like I had made, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I, I could have possibly made and I had to live with the shame of, of, of everybody knowing that I had messed up. So I thought I could rectify it by, by marrying the person that I was dating and marrying my son's dad. And, you know, for about two years, I did my best and we came back to church and we served and we were worshiping on the worship team and, and doing all the things that, you know, I thought were right. And so I honestly, for, for two more years, I was just doing everything I could just to be good and, and to be better. I thought the least that I could do was just at least provide a family for my son, provide some, something that was whole for him. I found myself separated, and then I was divorced at 22 with a two-year-old son. You know, I again, I just felt like I had just messed up so badly, and I didn't know, you know, how I could be reconciled, you know, how I could come back from from that again and and what my life would look like. Because now not only was I somebody who had gotten pregnant outside of wed wedlock, but then somebody who was divorced and now a single mother and a single young mother. I felt like the one place that I could be at home and the one place that I was safe was being at church. And the one place where I wanted my son to be was at church. And so I did everything I could to just stay surrounded by people that I knew loved me. And for the first time, I felt like I could actually walk through real restoration. And I realized that even though I had made so many mistakes that God still loved me and that God wasn't done with me. God doesn't call the qualified, that he qualifies the called. I, I realized that I didn't have to be perfect, but that if God has a calling on my life, he'll help me get there so long as I do what I can to stay, stay where I'm supposed to be and to stay, stay in community with the people that are, are running the same race and running alongside me. You don't have to be perfect to be a Christian and you don't have to be perfect to be loved unconditionally by God. No matter how far you go, God's love will always pursue you and all you need to do is just to turn back because all he wants is for you to just, to live out his calling for your life and that calling never goes away, no matter how far you've gone. <clears throat> you know, the thing I love about Jolea is, if you might have missed it, she said it so quickly, but it's the relationships. It's the power of people that love you even when we walk through mess. And so the key to find healing from our hurts is you got to get around people. You got to get around 
relationships and, and people that will love you and bring you back. The enemy wants to separate you and to get you isolated all by yourself. Like you're the only one that's walked through this. Let me tell you, I don't care what you're walking through. How many know you're not the only one walking through what you're walking through? There's a church full of people that understand and can help you walk through and experience healing from the hurts. And then the last thing, when we become fully alive in Christ, I'm freed from my habits. So I become fully alive with Christ and I'm made new. But God, I need you to break these habits off of my life. I've, I've tried everything. I've done everything, I think. You know, I'm praying about it. But somehow that habit continues to come back. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's chewing. Maybe, maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's anger issues. Or maybe you're watching things you shouldn't watch. Maybe you overspend. Maybe you overeat. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe you take prescription medications. Maybe you use illegal drugs. The reality is there's something that keeps pulling you back. What you've got to know is this, that through Christ, you have already, everybody say already. You've already been freed. Already. The price has been paid. You already right now in this moment have the freedom to break free from every habit that holds you back. Look at John 8, 36. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. How many know when salvation happens, you're set free? Why? Because you're not dead spiritually. You're now alive in the power that God gives to us. But look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Check it out. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off. Everybody say, throw off. You got to throw off the old nature and the former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. And then look at what he says. So I'm throwing one off and I'm putting on the new nature that, cre that I was created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So I love it because the Bible says this. This is what the way I interpret it. You come down here and get prayer all day long and we'll pray for you. We do at the end of every service. We're going to pray that chains are broken addictions are cast off we're going to pray for a hope and healing and all those things but at some point that prayer is not going to walk you through your day in that moment it's the power that came from the prayer that the power of God you've already received so that means that it is my choice everybody said my choice and I know I'm having you repeat a lot of things because I feel like some of you have been trapped but it's your choice whether or not you walk in the freedom and the power of the now. Of the now. The God, I have power now. I have freedom now. First John 4, 4 says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And I love God's grace in my life. God's grace only comes on demand. Let me explain. It's never in the future and it's never in the past. It's always in the now. And so what we'll do is we'll say, well, God, I need you to free me from the habits. That's the future. God, I thought you were going to do it. That's the past. Or you could say, God, I thank you for doing it now. Why? Because grace is on demand. It's never early. It's never late. That whatever you need, God will step up and give it to you in the now. That means you cannot live in the past and you cannot live in the future. you got to say, God, right now, thank you for breaking those chains off of me. Thank you for breaking the addiction off. Whatever it is that you're looking at, whatever it is you're doing to yourself, you've got to say, God, no more. I'm not going to let anger plague my life. In this moment, right now, I receive your freedom to break my habits. Right now. 
God wants to do a new thing. It's the only way we'll live moment ready. Break those habits. Break those strongholds, those addictions. Isaiah 43, 19 says, God's doing a new thing. And I want to speak that over your life this year, 2018. God is doing a new thing. You're learning to live moment ready. It's a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Making a way, making a way, making a way. There's, there's going to be streams. God's grace, his power is in your life. Maybe you hadn't felt it in the past. I wonder if you were looking for it in the past. But now there's got to be this awareness of God. I'm, I'm aware of your grace, and I'm going to receive and live out your grace. I love, and I'm going to close with this scripture, Philippians 3.16. It's one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. It's one of my favorite. I, I pray it almost every day. It's so simple yet profound. It says, let us live up to what we have already obtained. What does that mean? You're already forgiven. What does that mean? You're already healed. What does that mean? You're already free. And there's no way to live moment ready unless you live up to what you already have. That I live fully alive in the power of God, in the grace of God. He's already given you everything you need and the enemy would try to lie to you and say, you don't, you can't, you'll never. No, 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 you do right now have all that you need to live up to what he's called you to live up to. Live moment ready, fully alive, fully alive. God, 2018, I'm gonna live fully alive, fully forgiven, fully healed, fully freed. Father, I pray over each and every person in this place. God, I thank you for touching them and moving in their life and in their heart. And God, I thank you for this series. You're just, you're just peeling back layers in our life. I just I sense that. You're just peeling it back and saying, okay, we got to address this. we got to deal with this. And Lord, that it's a process, that it's not just one moment, it's every moment. That today we're better than we were yesterday, tomorrow we're going to be better than we are today. And Lord, I'm asking you to help us live up to that which we have already obtained. God, some of them here in this place, Lord, would you help them forgive themselves of the past? That it would stay in the past. God, those that have been carrying around wounds and hurts, God, would you help them get into a small group? Get into a community of people that they can do life with. God, that they, they understand that forgiveness comes from you. But if I'm going to live this life the way you've called me to live, God, help them to be brave and courageous to join a group of people they may not even know. We're going to experience your healing. And Lord, I'm asking for freedom from habits that have plagued people. God, maybe there's something... Maybe right now, just in your life, right now, just right where you are, heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe, maybe just talk to God. Just tell him, God, this, this is something I'm dealing with. And, and maybe I have been looking at the past. Or maybe I'm hoping you would do something in the future. But God, I'm going to be aware of your grace right now. Just moment by moment. And that's what I love about creating new habits. It's just one day at a time. Just... Just one day at a time. Just The first day is always the hardest. The first moment's always the hardest. But how many know after the next one and the next one, it gets easier and easier and easier. And the enemy has had some of you bound in addiction. God wants to free you from it right now. In fact, Father, I pray your freedom over their life right now. Break free of everything that would hold them back. God, set them free. 
Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. We talked about salvation and being born again earlier, and some of you are in this place. And you've been thinking about your life, and you realize you're not fully alive, that you've been just existing, maybe just your soul and your body, but you found yourself pursuing other things, trying to find fulfillment and purpose and life. But you sit here this morning, you're very empty, you're very hollow understanding that there's this God-shaped hole in your heart. And now you're ready. You say, God, would you fill this void? The way we do that is we surrender our life to Jesus. We, we, in this moment, we say, Jesus, I give you everything. We confess him as the Lord of our life. We ask him to forgive us of our past. It's amazing. It's the miracle of salvation. It happens in a moment. Some of you, you're in this place, heads bowed, eyes closed. I wonder if that's you, if you'd be bold enough just to raise your hand. You'd say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Just right where you're at, just raise your hand as a sign of surrender. Just, I say, just raise it up high. Be bold. I see it. All over. Come on, put your hands down. In this place, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer. The prayer is not what saves you. It's the condition of your your heart, it's, it's the outcry of your heart. It's, it's in that moment, a miracle happens. Say, so say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. Right now, in this moment, I give you everything. I surrender my life wholly and completely. Give me your strength. Give me your grace to live this out every day. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, worship God this morning. Isn't it awesome?